All right, good morning, my friend. Preacher John here in Boulder, Colorado. We're at Walnut Broadway today. I just lifted my new sign. Uh, this is the second day. It's hard to see that, I know. And then here's the back side here, or the other side, back side. It's called Fire. And you'll see it all year long. This is the banner I'll lift for this year of 2024. And anyways, I just got to my corner a couple minutes late, but I'm here. The Lord just kept telling me, John, it's okay, you're retired. Just relax, have a good day, you're retired. That's what I, I, I like that word retired because it feels like I, I have a job and I've got to show up for work, otherwise I may get fired. And so when he says, uh, relax, John, you're retired. Just enjoy your day type thing. Uh, that attitude of the Lord towards me uh, makes me relax. Anyway, so it's going to be a good day. Believe it or not, it's kind of a warm day. Weird day, I know. Anyways, so I'm sort of setting my camera up right there. I'm going to stand right out there uh, where the cones are, right in front of everybody on the street. That's where I'm going to be standing. And uh, yeah, I'll talk more once I get started here. All right, so let me put this down and uh, get the rest of the stuff done, and then I'll get back to you. I love you, man. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to Boulder. Welcome to uh, Walnut, which is right behind the camera there, that smaller street. And then here's Broadway. And uh, we have a lot of birds, <laughs> winter, winter type birds, sparrows, whatever they are. And uh, kind of a nice day. I just had to take my coat off and everything and strip down to my shirt because the sun is so hot. The air temperature, the air is cool and crisp. Uh, but the sun is pretty warm. That's, that's the life in the mountains here in the Rocky Mountains. Warm sun, cold temperature. So uh, it's always okay until the wind blows because when the wind blows, everything changes. <laughs> All right, so let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can come out in the sun, we can come out in the clouds, we can come out when it's windy or it's cold, we can come out when it's raining or snowing or hailing. Uh, we can come out when it's 100 degrees out here. I've been out here so many times when it's 100, 105, 110. And I uh, thank you, Lord, that I've been out here below zero, 20, 30 below zero. And uh, we're still out here, we're still serving, we're still working, and we're still in our 10-year season. And we thank you, Lord, that we'll be able to survive and to endure all the way to the end of our 10-year season. We thank you, Lord. We dedicate this sermon uh, with this day and whatever you're gonna say uh, in this talk. In your name, Jesus, we glorify you. Amen and amen. All right, so uh, praise the Lord. Let's get right into the Word. Okay, so our Sunday prayer letter uh, is December 31 to uh, January 6, 2024. That's our GEC, Gospel Evangelist Church. That's what GEC stands for. That's the name that God called, said it, it will be. 
I didn't name that. Nobody, no, no man on earth named our church. That's kind of unusual. A lot of people pick something out of the Bible or something they heard or something that sounds cool. But uh, I didn't do any of that stuff. The Lord said, this is the name of the church, Gospel Evangelist Church. I argue with the Lord. I says, Gospel Evangelist Church? I don't like that, Lord. I want something really cool like Fresh Wind of the Rockies or so, some really wild name or something, you know. And I says, no. And he told me why, what the purpose of the name, what the name means and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I said, all right, whatever. <laughs> it's, his name. it's his church, not my church. Who am I to tell the boss? He owns it, not me. I'm, I'm just an employee. I'm not the owner. So anyways, that's what GEC stands for. I'm the founding pastor of our church. Uh, one day when the church gets a little bit bigger, I don't know how much bigger, uh, God will bring in a church pastor, a real pastor who is called to that office to stand as a shepherd over the flock. But uh, that's going to be a very uh, uh, peculiar person because of the type of calling on our church. But I know that God's preparing that person. I also know that God is preparing a worship pastor, which we call a chief musician. I also know that that person is being prepared for this work. Where they are, who they are, I don't know. We're also believing for a youth pastor who will take over the youth of our church, also a children's pastor and what we call an infant pastor. Different levels of different groups of people. And we're all in one accord. We all teach the same sermon, teach the same scripture to everybody from zero all the way to 100 plus all just broken down into the level, that age level. But we all speak one accord in our church. Very, very important. The youth pastor isn't doing one type of a service and the adult doing something else and the children doing something else. We all do the same thing. All of our pastors preach the same word, the same story, the same um, verse. However, listen, it's not the same message. The message is tailored by the Holy Ghost. If you're in this morning's class, you say it's not us that speak, but the Holy Ghost who speaks through us. But we have the same Bible verse, let's say. In fact, like for today, we're preaching on Luke chapter 3, verse 1 through 21. We're not going to go through all those. We're going to kind of start where we ended yesterday. And so that's where the verse would be for everybody in our church. Even today, when we go to church tonight, we're all going to be in the same verse. That's where we all start from. Is that to kind of get that? That's where we start from. Then the Holy Ghost leads us based upon what is inside of us to deliver to the people. Every one of us preaches a different message, but every one of us begin at the same scripture, same word. And that creates that one accord continuously, always binding us together in one accord, in unity, in harmony balance all those kind of words and that's when our pastors come when our church pastor shows up and God brings that person and our worship pastor and youth and children and infant pastors we all gather together and this is the agreement this is what we do the other thing that's really interesting about our church I'll say this up front I don't know why I'm saying this other than it must be the Holy Ghost because I don't know who's listening to this I don't know who you're gonna share this video with Maybe somebody you know has been praying to be a youth pastor to a small church in Colorado, but they don't know where, and you know that person. You can share this video. I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, another thing that is going to cut a lot of people out because they don't trust God, they trust the world, and that is 
There's no job at Gospel Evangelist Church. No paycheck. You're not going to come here and get a job as a pastor. That doesn't work. That's not a part of our service. That's not a part of our calling. That's not a part of our church. We're not an employer, okay? I don't work for the church either. I started for free just like everybody else starts for free. They give their time away. So that's a whole story. So, you, you know, the Lord has to prepare you for that. The Lord prepared me for that. I had several years and years of savings in my retirement and different things uh, saved up. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just started ministering, just like the Lord told me to do. And uh, yeah, after a few years, yeah, the money ran out, but I had already preached for so many, uh, oh, let's see, that was 17, 18, 19, 23 years I've been preaching from 17, 18, 19, 20, yeah, about three years. And then after three years of preaching on my own dime, the Lord started bringing people around where they start sowing into our ministry. And that's where the payment, that's where the payment cuts, that's where the, the subsidy, that's where the ministry comes to pay, you know, help me offset my retirement pay. Same way with the pastor who comes, you know. The Lord wants you here, you work for God, God provides. That's second, uh, first or Second Corinthians 9, right? Hath God ordained that they that preach the gospel should live with the gospel. That's how it works. It doesn't say you go get a job at a church. Now I bring that up because it's really important. Because that's kind of what we're talking about all year, about being baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. One of the parts of that fire is to burn the cares of the world out of your life forever. I have no cares of the world in my life. Did it happen overnight? No. Does a fire, does a log get burned up instantly as soon as the fire hits it? No, sometimes it takes hours and hours. Sometimes some logs burn all night burn all night in the fireplace. And real hard wood burns all night long. Real soft wood burns up in an hour or two. Real soft wood has a problem because it has too much sap in it. The sap goes up the chimney, which causes chimney fires and houses burn down because of that. But a hard wood has very little sap in it, very dense, very hard wood like an oak, burns all night long. Well, that's kind of like me, kind of a hard guy. The Lord's been burning in my life for years and years. I don't have any chaff in my life. I don't have any cares of the world. I could care less about this world. Do I still have cares of the world? Probably so. If I said no, that'd be a lie. Because, you know, I still, got, I still got to live here. Still got to pay the bills. Still got to pay the rent. Still got to pay the phone bill and the, and the electric bill and you know, the groceries and all that kind of stuff, right? But my trust is not in my ability, but in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, I'm baptized with the Holy Ghost. Should have listened to the class this morning. I thought that was really interesting, what the Holy Ghost said through for us. I listened to it again. I, cause I, like I said on the, on the class this morning, you ought to listen to the class this morning. And I'll hook it to this video here. And uh, as I didn't know what I was saying, I, I'm speaking the truth when I'm not lying to you. I'm not saying something that sounds good. I didn't know a word. I, I don't know. I had, didn't have a clue of what I was saying. I, I just like I was like rambling is what I thought to me. I just a bunch of noise coming out of me. And I thought, man, Holy Spirit, I hope I said something of value. Because I can't think of what I said was any. I don't know what I said. And so uh, before I came out here first an hour ago, I thought I'm going to listen to that. So I listened to the whole thing. 
And I thought, whoa, that was really good. But one of the things I heard was that we have a testimony when we get saved. We have a testimony when we come out of, when we're baptized in water. And we have a testimony when we're baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I've never said what I said in the class. And it's something like that our testimony is the same if you're, when you're saved, when you're baptized in water, and you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. The testimonies are similar. And that is we begin to speak. Just like John, Apostle John on the island of Patmos when he was writing Revelation, when he, he saw Jesus and Jesus is our testimony. He is the testimony for us. And what does the testimony do? He speaks. That's how the world was created. When there's a testimony, the testimony is the word of God coming out of your mouth. And so when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, the testimony that comes out of your mouth is a new language, a new tongue, a new tongue. And that new tongue magnifies and glorifies Almighty God. Just like when you come out of water baptism, you, you praise and worship God, you glorify God for your resurrection, for your new life. We're getting wet in front of everybody. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a party. And then it's also the Word of God comes out of you when you receive Jesus Christ. That's the first thing I did is I start telling everybody my testimony, how I got saved. Hey, I'm saved. This is what happened. I'm like, tell my story. You know, I started testifying. And that testimony was my salvation, my salvation. The testimonies are really important. Testimonies. That's what Revelation 12, 11 is all about. You know, we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. Two, the words of our testimony. And number three, we love not our life unto death. All right? So that's why when you baptize with the Holy when Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, if that event actually takes place in your life, immediately, usually instantly, you'll begin to testify in a new tongue how God is so great in your life. I did. I lifted my hands and started, something came out of my mouth, it was the most glorious thing I'd ever heard in my life. The most amazing language. It was so harmonious and so beautiful and so gorgeous. I didn't know a thing I was saying. My brain was like, what in the world, John, are you doing? <laughs> I was magnifying God. That's usually what happens. But it's only for the believer, just like salvation is to receive Christ. It's only for the believer. Water baptism, it's only for the believer. Baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's only for the believer. Hope you got that. A lot of people don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost because they are not a believer in the power of the Holy Ghost, in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They don't believe the scripture. They don't believe it. Why do they believe, don't believe it? I guess because they're taught. I don't really know. I think it's the devil stealing from them. It changed my life. It changed my life. Because I, I kept praying. I kept praying. I kept seeking the Lord. Lord, I need power to say no to the devil. It's like the devil has full reign in my life. The devil says to go do something, and I run off and go do it. I can't say no to the devil. He just laughs at me, Lord. I need power. I need, I need something more. I don't know what I need, but I need something more. I've got you, Jesus, and I'm saved. I know that. And I prayed that for over three years, asking the Lord, well, I need something, Lord. I'm missing something. 
Remember, I got saved in the military. I didn't get saved in a church. Nobody led me to the Lord. I just prayed by myself and I received Christ. Even the guys in our Bible say they didn't really teach me. Nobody taught me. I was like fish out of water. <laughs> I was flopping around in the dry ground. And I was dying <laughs> on the vine, <laughs> on the ground. Anyways, uh, so I prayed for three years asking the Lord, hey, there's got to be more, Lord. It just can't be this. It can't just be salvation. Now, why was I saying it? Why did everybody say that? Because immediately, most people as a whole, not everybody, but as a whole, most people get saved in a church and the church begins to teach them immediately. And usually that teaching is false, wrong doctrine. Yeah, so they don't pray like I pray. But everyone that I know of who didn't get saved in a church but got saved in a, in a park or out in the street or in a stadium or walking down the street or in the woods or on board Navy ship like me or out in the battlefield, nobody around but them and God, Lord save me, maybe die in a, you know, in a, in a car wreck and they didn't die but they, you know, who knows? All, people get saved all over the place. Maybe in a nursing home, you're listening to this, maybe somebody sent this video to you to listen in a nursing home and you're, you can't get out of bed. You're kind of, kind of locked into that bed, man. But Jesus still loves you. He cares for you. I understand you're in bed. I mean, I, you know, I was in bed for 30 days. Doesn't sound like a lot to you, I know, but I had my foot paralyzed. I couldn't walk if I wanted to walk because my left foot was paralyzed in a, in a wreck I had you know, on my skateboard. Shattered my left leg and jammed my left foot and paralyzed it back in 2018. So I know what it's like. I didn't know I was going to be healed, but God healed me. Do you know that God can't get you out of that bed? If you're in that nursing home right now, He can get you out of that bed. I didn't know I'd get out of bed. You don't know who you'd get out of bed. But I had faith, and I kept believing, and I kept asking. That's what you got to do. You just kept, have faith. Have faith. Read the Bible. Look about, read all the stories of faith. Let faith come in you. Faith to receive Christ. Faith to receive salvation. Faith to receive everything that God has for you. Right? I got, and so back to my story, I got, Holy Jesus baptized me, filled me full of the Holy Ghost. It was the most spectacular thing in my life. It was the more that I was asking for, for over three years, the more. Why didn't God ask me the first second I prayed? I don't know. <laughs> Am I going to quit? No, I'm not a quitter. Maybe somebody else is, but John's not. I pray, some of my prayers are decades and decades old. Am I going to quit? Am I going to say, oh, God says no? Not in a million years. God doesn't say no. Not to his kids. Sorry. That's a wrong teaching. So much wrong doctrine in the church, it's pathetic. That's why I tell people, get off by the Lord, just you and God and the King James Bible. King. King James. <laughs> I mean, the King of Kings. The King of Kings and the King James. To spend time with the Lord, like I did. That's how I got baptized. Nobody laid hands on me. I was by myself up in Anchorage, Alaska. 11 o'clock in the morning. October, end of October of 1970. End of October 1978. This is the December 31st to the January 6, 2024 Sunday prayer letter. It's called the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's our 
2024 seasonal season that we're in. It's called Fire. We're going to talk on 500 verses. Most of it's going to be starting next Sunday. This Sunday, I'm kind of laying a little bit of a groundwork. Every day is important. All the classes are important. Every day is groundwork. Every day is foundation. If you miss one or two or three, you're going to miss a lot of pieces of the puzzle. But that's your life, not mine. I'm not going to miss any of it. I'm going to stay with it the whole time because I'm the preacher. <laughs> I'm the preacher. Anyways, uh, Luke 3. And we may be doing something different with our Sunday prayer letter starting this Sunday morning. The last week or so, the Lord's been having me pray something. And I've been dragging my feet, not sure if I want to commit to it. <clears throat> and that is, uh, <laughs> I'll just say it here. Before it happens, I'll say it now, just in case it happens. <laughs> you can say, well, I said it earlier. Anyway, so um, in regards to the Sunday prayer there, I'm praying that I'll be able to do a Sunday morning session live to go over the Sunday prayer letter for, for one hour, from 7 to 8 in the morning. Just like I'm doing my, live, my true study classes. It won't be the true study. It'll be the Sunday prayer letter live. So that may happen this Sunday. If it does, you know I said yes. <laughs> if it doesn't, you mean I'm still praying, okay? So that'll be this coming Sunday, be the first Sunday of this year. And the Lord asked me to do it every Sunday throughout the year. And then uh, I had to cancel one of my events that I was trying to do or doing, and that is the coffee meeting at the Laughing Go Coffee House at 9 o'clock in the morning, 9 to 10 on Wednesdays. I, I just can't do that. I thought I could. Maybe I didn't pray long enough, but I know I'm going to do it again. It's just maybe not the right time for it. So uh, I don't feel it gone from my life because it's very important that I do that, that get together. But uh, I'm not going to be able to do it. So I canceled it this morning and I'm not going to be doing that until further notice. That's on Wednesdays at 9 o'clock, 9 to 10 on Wednesdays at the Laughing Go. No longer going to do that for a while. Okay? All right, so let's uh, get into the Bible here, that Luke chapter 3. And let's go on down. This, yesterday we talked on verse 4, as it is written. A lot of people hated that. A lot of people liked it. I thought that was kind of interesting. All right, so let's just start right there. and we'll go. I've got a couple of verses I want to talk on here. Uh, verse 4 says, that is, is, As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, crying in the wilderness, so let me kind of talk as I go along. Crying is to calling out loud, not wailing, not, not tears coming down your eyes, that type of cry is a loud voice. Right? We cry out to the Lord to be saved. You call out to the Lord to be saved. That's kind of what this is referring to here, crying in the wilderness. And uh, this is physical and spiritual at the same time. Uh, and it was prophesied by Isaiah way back as a prophet. And uh, he was speaking into the future. Just like I speak things in the future. If that Sunday class, that Sunday prayer letter shows up online as a talk, that is prophetic, right? I mean, that's kind of something similar that's going on here. All right, that's interesting. All right, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. 
And uh, let me talk about wilderness for a second. So wilderness is also not just out in the desert someplace. Wilderness is your emptiness of God, your lack of Jesus Christ in your life, your lack of It's your emptiness. Wilderness also means emptiness. In other words, wilderness also means uh, it, this is a reserved area. Reserved area. This is only for a select few people. Wilderness can also mean that. But like in the mountains, they have wilderness areas and no motors are allowed to go in the wilderness. There are no, uh, a lot of things, it's, you know, it's a restricted area. In other words, wilderness can also mean a restricted area. I think that's interesting. See, what I'm, everything I'm saying is not, I'm not teaching you. I don't think I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to bring interest to you in, for the Word of God. I'm trying to get you interested and stick it, dig it into the Word of God, like the Bereans. It gets you interested in searching the Scriptures daily. Search the Scriptures. Search the Word of God by the Word of God, by the Holy Ghost. Right? That's that's my that's my thrust that's my push that's my desire for you amen All right uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare prepare ye the way of the Lord I hope you can see that there are so much you can talk on this word is full it has height it has depth it has breadth it has volume, but only to those who have eyes to see, ears to hear. That's what Jesus said. If only if you've got uh, and a heart to understand. But if you don't have that, you'll just read it, prepare the way. Of, oh, here's how a lot of people are going to read this. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain. That's how they'll read it. Not how I read it. I'm patient with the Lord. To me, that sounds like impatience. It sounds like you have no fruit of patience. I don't know. That's how most Christians that I see them that get on the street here, I ask them, why don't you read this? Blah, 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 but I've prepared the way of the Lord in my life. I've spent time in prayer. I've been up since five o'clock this morning. What time is it now? 11, 11.30? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Six hours with the Lord. And I've not shut up about the Lord. Not shut up for six hours for the Lord. And I'll go till 10 or 11 o'clock tonight. Probably 11 o'clock tonight. That's a long time. Do you think I've prepared my way, prepared the way of the Lord into my life? Yeah. Do, are most Christians preparing the way of the Lord? No, they're all too busy loving the world. All too busy walking around. All too busy looking at the buildings. They haven't got time for God. They've got time for God. Christians have not got time for God. they got time for Disneyland and Mickey Mouse, but they don't have time for God. God? Oh, I don't have got time for that. All right. All right, you know, I got time to go to the football game. I haven't got time for God. No, not, no, no I, I don't do that. See what I'm saying? 
I'm stirring you up. Because I don't know who's watching this. I don't know who's listening. Most people have probably clicked off by now. They watch 8, 9, 10, 11 minutes of the show, and off they go to the next video. Watch two minutes there, and off to the next one, off to the next one, off to the next one. They never sit anywhere. Yeah. Because the whole world is being trained to have no patience, have anxiousness. I got to have the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, next thing. I can't relax and listen to an hour sermon. Oh, I can't. An hour sermon? Are you kidding me? I can't do that. That's how the world's being trained. That's how Christians are being trained. That's why they can't go through the Bible. So now, a company like Dwell's come along and they had to break the Bible down in 90 second little increments. Can you do this for 90 seconds? Oh boy, they're begging people to listen to the Bible for 90 seconds. People haven't got time. 90 seconds, that's 30 seconds longer than a scripture short is. I can't even listen to 30 seconds of a scripture short. And you want me to do 90 seconds? That's what Christians are doing. Not an unbeliever, not somebody who could care less about Jesus. Those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They're being trained by the Antichrist. And they don't know it. They don't know it. They don't know it. The reason they don't know it is they're deceived. They're deceived. And they're deceived. Their deception is they don't know they're being deceived. But guys like me, a lot of people like me are trying to get people to wake up. <laughs> wake up, man. <laughs> hey, people still can't wake up, all right? I guarantee it. 90% of everybody is already gone. I'm just talking to a few few people right now. I wish it was everybody. They all know my sermons are 90 minutes or 60 minutes long. Every one of them, 40, 50, 60 minutes. I, it seems like two seconds to me. It seems like I start, three minutes later I'm done. I go, an hour's gone by. Where did the hour go by? I don't know. It says, every valley shall be, every, uh, every valley shall be filled Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. I tell you, I want to preach on every word of the words of Isaiah, the prophet. I want to. I bet John did the same thing. Says, I, I, I'm going to say it out loud what he said, and I'm going to preach on every single word because every word of God is pure. So I'm going to talk on every word. That I'm not going to do that. All right, brought low and the crooked shall be made straight. <laughs> uh, the crooks are gonna be made straight. The gays are gonna be made straight. <laughs> the sodomites are gonna be made straight. Otherwise, they'll face the fire from that was similar to the Sodom and Gomorrah fire. Yeah, and all the others there. I think there are six cities in that valley. All of them got destroyed, every one of them. Did you want to build your house by Sodom or Gomorrah, one of those other cities? I forget the names of those other cities. I think there were six of them. If so, you might have lost your home. That's why you got to come away from the world. Get out of that valley of sin. Get out of that valley of sin, because that was a valley there. Get out of that valley. Just move to the next valley or to the hilltop or someplace. Just get out of that sin. Unless, unless, God told you to go down to that valley and preach the word of God. 
I'm in this valley, Boulder Valley, and it's full of sin. And if God hadn't called me here, guess where I would be? I would end the video right now and go home and pack and leave today. Yeah, no question about it. If God didn't call me and God says, okay, you're done, I'd be, I would even fin I wouldn't finish my sentence. I would shut it down, say, see ya, and I would go home, pack my bags, and I'd take the next train out of town. Yeah. Where would I go? Probably back to Redding, California. Probably back to Redding. Spent 30 years there. Is God doing that? Nope. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> I'll die in Boulder. This is where I live for the rest of my life. I'm 70 now. I may live another 20 years. I don't know. By the reason of strength, 80 years. Maybe if God gives me a little bit more strength, maybe 85 and a little bit more strength, I'll see my 90s. Possible. But this is where I'll see the end of my life here in Boulder Valley, in Colorado. I know that. How do I know that? How do I know where, I, where I'm going to die? Because I know God. That's what Paul said. You can listen to me because I know Jesus. Jesus talks to me. I say what he says. I'm not saying something on my own. I speak because Jesus said to speak this by his power, by the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus says. I'm not speaking on my own. I'm speaking what the Father says. And then Jesus says, the Holy Ghost is not going to speak on his own. He's going to say what I say. See how that works? One voice, not 18,000 million different voices. One voice. The voice of God walked in the garden. The voice of God walked. The voice of God reveals the darkness in people's lives. Adam and Eve, Brent told me this this morning. Adam and Eve were hiding, hiding, hiding from God. Why? Because they got into sin. Sin. They disobeyed God. That's what sin is. Sin is disobedience. It's doing something that God said, do not do that. And you do it anyways. That means you broke the law, you get a ticket. But the ticket of breaking God's law is not just a fine of a $100 bill or a day of civil duty or a day in jail when you break God's law you're dead yeah that's how serious sin is so do you really want to keep playing with sin as a believer when that is the payment of sin I don't know you can do whatever you want man not between me and you between you and God like these ladies here, everyone who sneers at me. I can just feel it. Nobody likes what I'm doing. Nobody likes what I'm doing. Does that bother me? Sometimes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I have my orange cones over by the highway, but I have people trying to kick the cones in the street because they know they're mine. You got 20 feet of sidewalk and they go over to the cones to kick them in the street. So I had to bring them over here. They hate what I'm doing here. Does it bother me? Sometimes it does. And that's why I gotta watch my anger, because I'll get angry. 
Satan knows that, so I have to always be at peace. I have to have the Prince of Peace. I have to have the peace of God ruling and reigning in my life. I almost got mad at a couple of people just walking down here because of their nastiness. And I had to check myself twice. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Why get mad at anybody? I really wasn't mad at them, but I can feel myself. I can feel that anger because they hate what I'm doing. They hate what I represent because he looked at my shirt and my banner. I was holding my shoulder and uh, gave me some nasty talk. <laughs> I'm not doing anything, man. And you get mad at me. They hate God. They hate who I represent. I talk this way because I want everybody to know being a minister of Jesus Christ is not some cakewalk that you're just going to show up and la-dee-da. That's a job in a church. You show up to some church building in a protected environment. Nobody's going to spit at you. Nobody's going to tell you you're a clown. Where's your tricycle like yesterday? Where are your balloons at? <laughs> I couldn't believe that guy. I wish I would have dialogued with him, but I, I didn't. Just kind of cut him off. You don't have that in a church building. I'm trying to get people to get out of that stinking four walls that is destroying your testimony, destroying your life, believe it or not. You say, oh, I'm getting better. It would if you only go there and then take what you've learned there out to the street. Hour in church, two hours, three hours in church, four hours in church, however long you're, you're, you go, all day in church, I don't care. And then you spend the rest of your day, or the rest of your week, all your days of your week, giving everything away. That's what they did in Acts chapter 2. They got everything from Peter, then they gave it all away. They divided among all the men, women, children, what they had. God gave them more. God gave them more. Right? Verse 6, And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That's going to be the title. It's going to be a very long title. I may have to delete my name, but that's going to be the title. It's the title of our scripture short. It's going to be the title of this sermon. All flesh. All flesh. Every single person on planet Earth shall see the salvation of God. Verse 6 in chapter 3 of the book of Luke, written by a Gentile, doctor, physician, medical doctor kind of a medical doctor back then? I don't know. Wasn't, I didn't live then. <laughs> we know he was a physician. We know, we know who he was. We also know he's a Gentile. We also know he was one of the traveling companions of Paul. All the time, I don't know that, but occasionally you'll see him, his name pop up. So this is a very important book. It's also important because God gave him Luke, Dr. Luke, the calling to write the book of Acts, the most unique, odd, different book in the Word of God. There's two books that are the most unique books, I think, in the entire Bible. That's the book of Revelation and the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Those two books are so far out there, so far above our ways, it's very difficult to understand it. Think, well, maybe you have some other book. Well, there's a lot of books in here. Isaiah, it's a great book. I'm learning now that of the 66 chapters of Isaiah, 
every chapter represents one of the 66 books in the Bible. I just found that out. That never dawned on me. But I'm still learning the Word of God. I'm still learning from God. Even though I've been learning for 50 years, I'm still learning new stuff in the Word of God. And people want to throw this away and go find some preacher's book and another preacher's book. And, another, and every book they write, they buy. They spend all their time reading some preacher's book and no time reading the Word of God. How sad. But that's how people are. It's hard to read the Word of God. Why is it hard? Because it'll convict you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the Word of God in my life. I thank you that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. There's nothing that is sharper than the Word of God. And that Word of God sh cuts and shapes my life into the image and of the facets that you want to shine and glisten in your kingdom. I thank you, Lord, that what's going on in my life is an example of so many other believers in, your, in the kingdom that are being shaped right now for such a time as this. For the kingdom of God is at hand and many are being called and many are choosing to do that calling on their life, Lord, I know that. But I also know that many are not. Maybe they start and they quit. They start and they quit. They start and they quit. But many of us are continuing onward. And we're hoping that others will come along with us. But if they don't, we're not gonna stop because somebody else quit. We're not gonna quit too. We're gonna keep on going. We placed our hands on the plow and we keep looking to you, Lord, because you are our salvation and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. In your holy name, Jesus, amen, amen, amen. All right, so uh, that's it. So praise the Lord. So tomorrow is uh, Thursday. Thursday, I'm out of town over in Broomfield, Colorado. And then on this coming Friday, I'll be in Denver, downtown Denver. and. Uh, Saturday's my Sabbath, then Sunday I go at 28th and Pearl, I'm there every Sunday, that's where I go, same location every single Sunday, always there, and you would think, you know, sorry, but that's where I'm at, and then hopefully if the Lord uh, can get me to say yes, <laughs> I will do a Sunday morning, Sunday prayer letter, online live stream, Sunday mornings from 7 to 8, starting this coming Sunday. If I say yes to the Lord. I haven't said yes yet, but I'm still praying, seeing if this is the timing of the Lord. Okay? So, that's how it is. I'm trying to teach you a little bit as I go along here. All right, God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care.